Good morning, gentlemen. Nick, David, how are we? Morning. Having some audio issues. You're having audio issues. Can you hear me? I guess I can. Yeah, I can. I guess we'll. Is that power through? Okay. Can you hear us? I can totally hear you, but it's coming through my headphones. Well, that's good. Behind the curtain. This is a peek behind the curtain, guys. A little inside baseball. A little more inside baseball. I totally forgot to save some of my rundown. So we're going to talk about San Antonio. I'm going to have to go a little off the cuff. They're a basketball team located in the Midwest. (laughs) That's where we're going to start this preview, a geography lesson. Uh, Also, I I did one part of the rundown that actually did save is uh, I pulled some stats for Kimball Walker's season. And I just kind of want to bask in those stats. Oh yeah! On this hashtag Fun Friday. <laughs> what do you guys want to talk about? Mm. The first three episodes of Stranger Things, nothing more, because everyone else has apparently watched it, and every every article I look at is like, let's talk about this entire season, and it's like. Guys. That's the new that's the new world that we live in. We yeah. live in a world where things are immediately consumed and then talked about. We are not we are no longer in an episodic world. I mean, I kind of like it, but it still doesn't mean I'm going to watch, you know, 9 10 straight hours. I like to savor it. Well, I actually this is actually a really interesting point I read about um, TV these days is think about some of the great like great shows before you know you can just dump them all at once right all the episodes mm-hmm. um when they're week by week you know certain shows you, you know when they leave on a cliffhanger or something like that you get a week to mull over things you get a week to develop theories and things like that um and some of these shows gained a lot of popularity because people would you know take to reddit or other places and and talk about this stuff and when shows now are dumped all at once, um, you don't really get that chance. That's what you and, got with Westworld. But see, right. the, the downside of that is that Reddit, like the Westworld Reddit, figured the show out. That's true. It did. So see, people um, are too smart for their own good. <laughs> They've created the world that we live in. Yeah. Or maybe Westworld wasn't as clever as they thought they were. Oh, I did like Westworld. Throwing I did like HBO it. bombs. All right, let's start the oh, show. Oh, yeah. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NFL, the NBA, and fantasy sports. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the panel from the capital city, Nick Denning. What's going on, Nick? You here to bask in your in your win, in your Draft.com fantasy victory over me, second straight week in a row? Yeah, and all the, the, zero, the zero dollars that I've won. Well, okay, fine. I mean, listen, <laughs> I, you know, we can we can start to make this interesting. That's fine. Yeah, see, this is this is how I shark you. I go two weeks, we go free games, and then yeah. just when you're feeling at your most confident, 
I will take all of your money. Exactly. And and that lovely sound that you just heard was probably David Walker leaving the conversation. So I won't introduce him quite yet. He's probably going to come back in here having some audio issues. Uh, this is going to be a fun show. It's uh, it's hashtag Fun Friday. <laughs> And uh, we're going to talk about Kimball Walker and, and bask in a few of his stats. Uh, also, if I can remember them, you, you wanted to talk about Stranger Things. We're not going to talk about season two because I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm a little behind on Stranger Things, okay? I'm, That's okay. I'm just, it took me a while. I, I always say like, T- hello, David. David Walker from the mean streets of Cotswold. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> How are you, D? Can you hear us now? Okay, we'll get back to David in just a second. Hopefully, he'll make his presence known and not nope. just not just uh, sit in the background. I hear it. What's it? What's up? You. I can hear you. Okay. Oh, there you go. Now, now oh man, now you can... fun Friday. <laughs> What's going on, man? Is this a good good end of your week? Yeah, man. Just you know, just a normal little technical difficulties. Nothing going to get us down today, bud. Uh, I love that your technical difficulties were solved apparently by turning your hat around because your hat originally. <laughs> Yeah, that it's that fixed it. It's over like the you ever seen Over the Top? <laughs> I have. So a little slice alone classic. Exactly. Why do we? Why do we underrate sliced alone as an actor? Who, why, why am who I calling? Well, first of all, why am I who calling him sliced alone? Why am I just calling him Sylvester Stallone? Number one. Number two. I feel like we underrate no his acting. Ab- Speak for yourself. Not not his star, not his star power, not his ability to carry a movie. I don't think that's questioned. But I was watching his guest starring role on This Is Us, mm-hmm. and he was playing himself, which is sometimes you know, playing yourself sometimes is the toughest role. Tell me about it. <laughs> but he was so was good. Like he was robbed. He was robbed of an Oscar. Uh, there's never been a, a greater injustice in the history of film. Awards shows that is, I guess. Um, for for don't, for for, for uh, don't throw mama from a train. No, that was the Golden Globe. Uh, the Oscar <laughs> for Creed, best supporting, should have been his. He didn't win best actor for Rocky either, <laughs> did he? Best director. Right, but he didn't win best actor. No, no, he didn't. Who who won, who won supporting actor that year? Uh, it was the guy that you've never heard of in the movie. No one saw. <laughs> Oh, Moonlight. No, 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 no. no. It was... Um, what year was that? It was... 2016 uh, Oscars? Yeah, I can't remember the film. If I'll someone... I said film. Anyway, what was but the point I, of that? Oh, yes, over the top. Your your hat's turned around backwards. You fixed the technical difficulties. We can hear that's you. Right. That's right. That's great. Thanks, David, for <laughs> Bring it all back. <laughs> to reel this back in as I look up the, the Oscar. Best supporting... Oh, it was Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies. What yeah, I say? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of either Rylance or Bridge of Spies. Never heard of either of those things. That is, You're right. That is a... Shout out to Rylance. Um... Okay, what do I want to say here? Oh, this show is brought to you by our friends at Knight Residential Group. I want to take a second to tell you about the Knight Residential Group. They are an all-inclusive residential construction company right here in Charlotte that specializes in high-end custom construction, brilliant interior renovations, immaculate custom-built homes. If it can be built, then Knight Residential Group can have it done. With a combined 165 years of construction experience, Knight Residential Group believes in doing projects with meticulous detail using the highest standards. 
Use Knight Residential Group and you can be sure that you'll have a pleasant customer experience and you'll end up with a beautiful home. Don't trust your next custom home project to any construction company. Use the group that we trust here on the show. Call them at 704-733-9566 or visit knightresidentialgroup.com. That's Knight with a K. Join so many other current homeowners in the Charlotte area and allow Knight Residential Group to provide you with your forever home. Let's talk about Kimball Walker because I need some time. So my rundown, David, didn't save. I do have my Kimball Walker stats, but I need to gather my San Antonio stuff to talk about this San Antonio game coming up tonight. Important game for the Charlotte Hornets as they begin their four-game road trip. I do know that. David, I know you have some stuff on San Antonio, so you might have to carry me for a second. But first, I want to talk about I want to talk about Kemba Walker because uh, his stats are out of this world right now. One point one six six points per possession, guys. That puts him in the ninetieth percentile. And if you if you break that down into guys that have had a hundred or more possessions, he ranks fifth behind Steph Curry, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now coming into this season. We were wondering, how would Kimball Walker be able to step up his statistical performances in order to get into that all-NBA echelon post-All-Star game? And, and I think it was, it's fair to say that we were a little unsure of, of what he could do to, to go a little further. Maybe, maybe we thought he had reached a, a little bit of his ceiling even though I think he kind of, in terms of expectations around the league, with that all-star appearance, with the, with the past two seasons, he had burst through the ceiling that a lot of people thought he had. But then we thought, well, that, that has to be it, right? And then he does, he's already surpassed a lot of our expectations for this season. What do you think about Kimmel Walker this year, David? He's been nothing short of fantastic. I continue to say he's the he's the best guy that no one is talking about right now. I think except for Zach starting, Lowe. I know. I was going to say they did mention that. <laughs> it took him a while in the Eastern Conference uh, podcast rundown to get to Kimball Walker, but he did say he likes to watch him, and, and for good reason. You watch some of these games. His ability to get to the basket's gotten better. His ability to finish, I think, has gotten better. His three point percentage this year, Doug. You mentioned his stats going up. I mean, forty two percent so far from three. Didn't think he could improve on that. And again, we're, we're getting going here in the season, but off so far, he's off to a fantastic start. Not only that, but just being the force behind this team. We've talked about it so many times. Sometimes the bench will keep a minute and then they bring in Kimball Walker to close the deal. And he's been doing that more often than not this year, Nick. I mean, he's been fantastic. Yeah. I, I don't, I think like we should be smart enough at this point to stop like you know, un, are underselling, not underselling him, but just, you know, we, we always, we, like you said, David, or not David, Doug, um, past couple of seasons has been well, you know, he was good last year, but as he reached the ceiling and we keep doubting, we keep acting like that's not going to happen. Um, to me, what I've really liked is you talk about a franchise player. Um, it, he's usually someone that can, I think as David alluded to, carry a team um in certain situations when he's when 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 it's needed um and he's done that in you know multiple games this season um obviously very early on but i just like what we're seeing um we're we're seeing a guy who really has taken ownership of this team who really is kind of the catalyst for this team um 
it, it's it's been pretty it's been pretty special. No, you make a great point there because so many times in these marquee games that the Hornets have have played in over the past couple of regular seasons, we've it's been the same story, right? The the Hornets would get off to a good start, but then the, your Clevelands, your Bostons, your Golden States would deploy one of their superstars with four other bench players. Cleveland would famously do this with LeBron James and put him with four of just the scrubbiest scrubs you'd ever seen. And, you know, D-leaguers, essentially, just fringe guys, and beat up on the Hornets because they they just had that one overpowering superstar. And so far this season, the Hornets have flipped the script. They've been able to do that with Kimball Walker, putting him with four of the four bench players that are that are not scrubs they're not d-leaguers but have their inexperience you've got Malik Monk you've got Dwayne Bacon you've got some guys that need that veteran leadership that Kemba can provide on the court and he's done that saving them time after time now there's this question of how long can you sustain that is that more of a product of the fact that Nick Batum has been out maybe it is but if if when Nick Batum returns, if they can pull Kimball Walker back and he doesn't have to put the team on his back as often, at least they know now when when things start to get interesting at the end of the year, when things start get to, getting interesting maybe in the playoffs, you can go, you know, Kimball Walker will have that ability. He has raised his game to the point where he can put the entire game on his back and and the Charlotte Hornets win ball games. I mean, yeah. just that's that's encouraging to see, and and I don't think yeah. that's going to change, and I don't think that's going to change, Doug. Um, I think he's going to continue to be that driving force, even when Nick Batum comes back. I mean, Batum is going to come back and be, you know, add another creator, add another distributor, but he's never been the guy that's going to take the the biggest shot. I mean, he's willing to do it, but that's always going to be Kimball Walker on this team. You know, maybe Malik Monk can be a threat to do that as well over time. I mean, he certainly looked like it the other night, but I, everybody knows it's going to be Kimba. And we talk all the time about how Dwight Howard creates so much attention for himself and helps other guys out. I mean, Kimba's doing that right now for everyone else he's on the floor with. They are, other teams are, are, are gearing up for him so much. You hear opposing coaches talk about it. You hear Vogel talk about it last week. They're commenting on how hard he is to game plan for. They have to focus on him. And the thing I love about Kimba, we were wondering where he could improve his game, Doug. You mentioned some of the stats. There was really only a couple places, right? I mean, assists, and he's kicked those up a notch. He's averaging about six assists a game, up from about five and a half, five over the last couple of seasons. But the free throw attempts. He's getting to the line eight times a game. That's almost double from last season. And he's shooting 92%, by far the best of his career. That was a little area that he, you know, could have improved on over the years. You've seen him miss a few here or there. And right now he is just dialed in and he's converting from the free throw lines, helping keep him that scoring average up. Do you have any blow your mind with a few more stats here? Okay. Half of his offense has been in the pick and roll ball handler situation, which is the majority of the Charlotte Hornets, their their offensive attack is built around pick-and-roll ball handler situations. Now, when you compare pick-and-roll ball handler situations to, say, cutting or handoff plays or even roll man plays, the, the ball handler situation, not generally as efficient of a play. The NBA average on those plays is .85. Kimba right now is getting 1.2 points per possession on pick-and-roll ball handler play, scoring 
more often than not in those situations. That's 96th percentile behind only Brad Beal and Steph Curry among players who have used it 40 or more possessions. And he's used it 82 times this season. And the impressive thing, and and this speaks, I think, not only to Kemba, but to the entire team, the entire team offense, is that he's not only been effective when he's looked to score, but he's also been extremely effective when he's passed it to others, and especially spot-up shooters, more more than passing it, because you'd think, well, okay, you know, he might hit uh, Dwight Howard on a cut, or uh, he hits uh, Marvin on a cut, but it's actually been the spot-up where he's looked to pass it out to the corner. We've seen Marvin hit more corner threes. We've seen Malik Monk and Dwayne Bacon hit some corner threes. But it's it's spot-up opportunities. It's the Hornets and their shot-making opportunities and taking advantage of those that have helped Kemba raise those assist numbers because you know he set his he set his career high in assist what his rookie year, and that's when you know yeah <laughs> like there was there was Kemba and there wasn't a lot else like yeah I mean he had he probably touched the ball you know seventy percent of the time you know so like yeah. yes he's going to get those assists but there are more weapons around this team so the fact that he has six assists right now I think speaks. You know, I think those six assists are more valuable than they were his rookie season. Let me ask you all this. Um, so two seasons ago, we all said that Nick Batum helped make Kimba Walker better. Um, do we think that when Batum comes back, that Walker is going to make him better? Because as David kind of suggested, mm. Batum isn't, you know, we know Batum can't really be, He can, we can we can rely on him. But not as, you know, like I think not in the capacity that some of us were expecting when he first got here. So now that Kemba is able to do, clearly able to do more, maybe that shoulder's a little less load on Batum. You know, you had Dwight in, too, Dwight in this conversation too. Um, so, yeah, what do you think about that? I, I, I think Dwight's going to make Nick Batum better because that yeah. was one of the most exciting things coming out of of media day was this uh Nick Batum basically saying I want to get Dwight Howard the ball and I think Batum saw Dwight Howard as as just a perfect uh you know, a perfect weapon for his skill his passing skill set. Uh so I think it's I think Nick Batum's going to make Dwight Howard better, I think vice versa. And and I look, I just think Kimba I think Kimba got a lot of valuable experience uh, off the ball when when Nick Batum was was controlling things and, and it allowed him to focus on his offensive games and, and it did make him better and I think now you're seeing the the fruits of that labor right I, I think he's yeah. he's at this point now where he's sort of ascended uh, and 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 can control games on his own but you know Nick Batum's going to make that even better uh, and, and I think the cool thing about this whole Nick Batum returning you know in mid November. Is that he's he's so easy to play with that there's not going to be this normal like adjustment period where it's like oh well Nick Batum disrupt the chemistry of the Charlotte Hornets by returning maybe he needs to start on the bench and keep no there's like none of that because he's so easy to play with and he looks he looks to make others better and he's so intelligent and he knows he's he's such a study of the game I mean the guy just lives in the film room he knows where players are supposed he probably knew about Dwight Howard and where Dwight Howard wanted the ball before Dwight Howard ever got to the Charlotte Hornets. So, 
Like, it's going to be an easy transition getting Nick Batum back in there. That's what you get some questions occasionally, like, well, should you know, should Lamb start and, and not have no, you want to put your best players on the floor, and Nick Batum's not going to have any problem integrating into the starting lineup. Do you guys see a, a difference in Kemba's court presence this year at all? I mean, he's, he's always been a smaller stature guy, but to me, man, he is playing so much bigger than he actually is. Maybe it's his height of his vertical that he's getting towards the rim or something, but he is just able to slip by guys this year in a way that is on another level to me. And, I mean, he sees when that trap is coming. He's splitting that. His crossover has never been tighter, and he's getting to the rim and finishing the best of his career. He just looks like he's improved that area, and I didn't think he could because that's always been a struggle for him, just given you know the lack of uh, physical stature. You know, he's not a big guy; they're always going to body him. But he has learned to use that to his advantage as best he could, I think. And he looks good. He looks he looks like he's taken it to another level to me this year. Yeah, well, I, I, I go. Or, no, go ahead, Nick. Okay. You know, I, I definitely, definitely like just we're talking about like you know, I think just straight from the eye test, he does look like a a different player, um, and a better player. Um, he like you said, David, he commands a bigger presence out there. It just seems like you know, I think there's been a um, there was one that may have been I can't remember if it was against Milwaukee or or Memphis, um, but I think when it's got down maybe ten, twelve points, um, they brought Walker in and he scored five quick points just on two straight possessions. And, and that may have happened in more than one instance, but I can just, I think it happened in a recent game, but it was just, it would just, it happened, you know, two straight possessions with ease. Um, and you, I mean, that, that's the mark of someone again, that just, you know, you can rely on him. You can, I mean, that, that's, that's your, that's your franchise leading player. Um, I know we've been kind of hesitant to talk about to, 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 to make Walker at a franchise player, but he's kind of, he's, he's forcing us to have that conversation. Double M15 in the chat. What's up, Nest? David in the chat. Jack in the chat for the first time says, longtime listener, first time watcher from Scotland. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you, we're spreading our reach across this globe. And Jack in, in here from Scotland. Welcome in, Jack. Uh, yeah, Jack asked the question. You know, I haven't, He says, I haven't caught any Hornets games this season yet. Is Kimball Walker doing anything different to last year? I want to go back to something that Dave, and I'm going to, going to address this question. I, I I want to go back to something David said that he's just dealing with double teams. He's dealing when the defense commits to him, he's he's just better able to pass out of it, and he he seems to just sort of control defenses with his mind. Going back to Stranger Things, he's kind of like L. He's kind of like Eleven. He's just like, oh, somebody's been watching Stranger Things I, now. I have, I have. Yeah, <laughs> I did this whole like Stranger Things segment where I had compared a bunch of Hornets players to Stranger Things characters. There you go. I got the music going now, and uh, I, I totally, I didn't hit save. So that'll have to. What we'll <laughs> That's good because it'll give me a chance to finish the first season. Because David's got me scared now that maybe some of my projections were were not correct because I haven't seen the the first season. Well, I'm only you know only three episodes in eight season two, so let's let's you know I'm with David here. Let's let's you know. all right. We'll wait on it. But anyway, hey, so so here's here's what I here's what I'm thinking about Kimba. So he spent last season just getting trapped over and over again and taken out of ball games because they didn't really have another weapon like Howard. And you know, and Batum wasn't shooting very efficiently, and defenses were worrying less about him. Everyone was worrying about Kimba Walker. And I just think over the past couple of years, he's just seen it all. 
He's yeah. just seen it over and over and over again, and that repetition, I think, has led to a mastery of of his dribble, of his game, of his ability to know what defenses are going to throw at him. Because look, Houston was throwing two, three guys at him when he would drive to the paint, and, and he was still able to get his shot up and still able to kick it into the corner. And you know, Dwight Howard helps that a lot because he's drawing attention away from Kimba Walker. And I just think that Kimba's just seen this over and over again, and I think that's what he's doing. The only thing he's doing differently is just anticipating the the defensive action before it gets there, and and he's able to just. I, there was one play against it, it. It was against Milwaukee in this last game where they tried to throw the double team at him, and and normally he would split it, but he just saw it so quickly that he was able to just completely get around it and get baseline and get the layup. And that's yes, that's his quickness, but he didn't hesitate at all. He did not allow the defense to to pin him in. And you know, I, I, again, I just I can't say enough amazing things about what Kemba Walker has done this season. Yeah, do you guys think you know because he hasn't faced the cream of the crop opposing point guards up to this point just yet? But I also think the teams focused on him so much. I don't know how big of a difference that's going to be for him. Do you guys think that this performance, you know, could take a dip when he gets into some of the elite, elite point guard battles, the head-to-head matchups? I mean, it's possible, um, but I'd like, we have to really just wait and see. Um, You know, tonight will be tough because, I mean, San Antonio, you know, is going to game plan well for him. Uh, That's just what they do. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, when when you know we play Boston, you know, for real, not preseason. When um, you know they go play Golden State, you know, um, I think Minnesota could be a tough tough play uh, game too coming up, just because you know Tibbs is so so good defensively. So I think, yeah, I'd be interested to see not just with these big with against elite point guards, but against teams that are known to be good defensively. So mm-hmm. interesting. all right, but, I uh, mean, the other night, one last thing, he made Conley look kind of old <laughs> yeah but he couldn't right? guard, but yeah but still, he still struggles to guard those elite point guards right i mean Connolly was Kimba? still able, yeah. yeah i mean Connolly was still able to get by and and look Kyrie's it's going to be the same thing and and with steph it's going to be the same thing so yeah. those those battles are going to be offensive more than they are defensive i want to get to a couple yeah. of these questions that are on the chat right now double m15 saying do we have an mcw update back in a couple of games or this weekend all we know now that he was upgraded to questionable. I doubt very seriously that he would play in this game against San Antonio but tonight, but certainly a possibility now that he's listed as questionable. I would expect him back sooner than later. David sa- David here on the chat saying, is there a reason we should be excited about MCW's arrival? David. <laughs> That's a good question. We don't know. I, a lot of it's just unknown really because, like, know. what are those? What are those knees going to be able to withstand? And that's the other thing with the knee soreness is like, once he gets into the game, uh, and and you know he gets through one NBA game, it could be a situation where he has to sit a few more because they they really like the only way you can test that, like they can send him to Greensboro and do a scrimmage, but the only way you really test that is to get him in a game situation and then the next morning see how he feels. Uh, but I think it's exciting in the sense that it's going to give them uh, defense. It's going to give them length at that position. And look, Michael Carter-Williams has an ability to run an offense. And and when he's not falling in love with this three-point jump shot, he's an effective offensive player. So I, I think if those knees are 
are better. And look, he had that procedure because he felt like physically he wasn't in the place that he was his rookie season, and he thought that PRP procedure could get him back to that place. So I think if all of that goes right, then you have a lot of reasons yeah. to be excited. I would um, – one thing I think just more than anything is he um, he adds another ball handler with that second unit. Um, Monk's, you know, starting to play better at that position. I, you know, obviously he played very well the other night. Um but just having someone else who can bring the ball up, who can start, who can start the offense. Um, I don't know if you noticed it, but Lamb was kind of doing a little bit of that um, in the last game with Monk on the floor. So, you know, Lamb obviously not a point guard, but I think it, it looks like they're at least trying to find someone else other than Monk to bring it up each time. Not that they're not trusting him because clearly he's still doing it a lot, but um, yeah, just, just having, you know, MCW will bring the ball up. lets Monk kind of actually, you know, go become a, an off ball, um, get off all screens, you know, find different looks, you know, that that's going to, that's going to help them. So um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the knees hold up uh, or else we're going to, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, we, we, I think we talked about this on Slack, but you know, we talk about the potential of maybe trading for some other kind of point guard, bringing in some kind of other point guard. I'm ready to, I want to wait and see, you know, what we have right now before entertaining anything else. All right, Matthew on the chat saying, I haven't caught you guys talking about Dwight's post-game comments. Uh, Dwight saying we're building to be a championship team and to be playing in June. He's had these kind of comments before when he was introduced in Charlotte and then at media day he's talked about, I mean, he sort of jokingly came on as if they had uh, just beaten the Golden State Warriors in a in a finals game. And and he's talked about wanting to, to bring a championship to Charlotte. I think that's, again, that's... Um, that's the star mentality, right? Like if you're if you're if you've been a star, you you want to to go to the the ultimate prize, which sort of grinds a little bit against the 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 reality of where the Hornets are as an organization, and I think where what fans' expectations are, because we've talked about for so long, win a playoff series, win a playoff series, when so many of these other franchises and, and franchises that that Dwight has played for in Houston and and the Lakers, they're thinking they're not thinking win a playoff series, they're thinking win the playoffs. Okay, so that's that's where Howard's mentality is, whether that really binds with. With reality is a question, but as Matthew brings up in the chat, he says, I feel like that attitude is making the Hornets play at another level. What do you think about that, David? Sure, why not? I mean, look at the East right now. Uh, I mean, the Cavs are, what, three Three and and five? And just lost Tristan Thompson for a month or so. I mean, we all think they're still going to be there, but I mean, man, history – at this point is not kind to teams with that kind of record at this point in the season. It's super early. It is really early, but it's never been more wide open since LeBron has been here than it is right now. And Nick, you know, what was Steve Clifford upset about last year? Probably more than anything when he got his most upset last season was it was about expectations from, for his team from the city of Charlotte from fans, from and I think he was sort of extrapolating it to the media as well, the expectations for this team, raising those expectations for the franchise so that they could, they could work on achieving those things. And I think bringing Dwight Howard and that mentality that Howard has 
does that for the Hornets. It brings them a player that's that has been to a finals. They've and, definitely talked about that too. Yeah. I think those two have definitely had that conversation. Yeah. I would um no, I think it's here's my thing. Clifford's absolutely right, but until the team actually showed us that they're capable of more than maybe winning a playoff series, like I have to keep my expectations low. It's just like <laughs> I've, I've followed this team too long to expect like anything more than that. Um, but no, I, I will say like this team is playing a little bit differently. Um, they like the mentality is yeah. it seems like they're reaching higher. Um, and it's I, fine for us to be realistic. It's I think it's I think fine. You know, I think it's fine for fans to be realistic. Frankly, until the team shows that they that the team has to bring the hope. That's what I'm saying. Like you want your players to be unrealistic about the 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 goals you know you want their goals to be uh win a championship you know and and, and then when they start to break through and, and do win that playoff series then then you've got hope for that in the future but anyway i know i think it's good for the team to have players that come in and are are just uh they they are they are just crazy enough uh, to yeah. to think that this franchise could could achieve greater things. <laughs> All right, shall we talk about this San Antonio game coming up tonight? Uh, APM tip for the Hornets and the Spurs. 830. Oh, eight thirty. Excuse me. Thank you, Nick. And the uh, got to hit save on that rundown. Uh, I'll do that <laughs> next time. Um, all right, so uh, the the Spurs coming to this one, guys, on a four game losing streak, and the Spurs have never lost five games in a row under Popovich. So the Hornets have. Some uh, a chance to make some history in this one. Uh, this is a, a, a San Antonio team that's struggling with a few key injuries. They have not had Tony Parker. They have not had Kawhi Leonard, and and a lot of this offense has fallen on the back of Lamarcus Aldridge and Pau Gasol. This team shooting a lot of mid range jumpers right now, not necessarily being successful at that. They they have not been able to stretch the floor offensively. Uh, this is a San Antonio team that's they're they're a little radical. Guys, in terms of of what the NBA has been offering, don't you think uh, they they play slow, they play mid range? I mean, this is not your your modern NBA offense. Yeah, they're 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 running a lot through Lamarcus Aldridge right now at twenty three points or twenty three and a half points per game, and then your next your next highest score is Rudy Gay at eleven point eight to nearly twelve. Um, yeah, I think they had to adjust just with not having Kawhi, not having Tony Parker. Yeah, Aldridge has been pretty special so far this season, though. I know Spurs fans are super happy to see that. After he struggled a little bit, he and Pop had a discussion in the offseason. He's been a man. So, I mean, he'll be a handful for the Hornets tonight. And one other area that was interesting to me, I mean, you look at the offensive numbers for the Spurs, kind of very unspursian. I mean, they're down towards the bottom of the league in just about every shooting statistic there is, field goal percentage, three-pointers, three-point attempted three-point percentage, you know, all in the 20s and 30s and some in some instances in the last place in those. So they're not really shooting the ball that well. Doug, as you mentioned, not really playing at a fast pace. And that's been one thing the Hornets, surprisingly to me, have been. I mean, they're playing with a pretty pa- fast pace this year, about up in the top 10 of the of the league for most of the, and the league's gotten, start of the season. And the league's gotten a lot faster. So that's, yeah. that's top 10 in a but, league that is extremely fast. 
It makes sense. I mean, without, you know, Tony Parker, uh, even though he's getting up there in age, they're, they're still not whole right now. But one area they are still performing in is the offensive rebound percentage. They're first in the, in the league in that. Now, the Hornets are second in the league in defensive rebound percentage. So I think that's going to be a big key tonight. If the Hornets can continue to control those boards, not let the Spurs get second chance points, that's going to go a long way to helping them get a win. And they've been, they were first in the league last year in three point percentage, second the year before, fifth the year before that, and then first in 2013 14. And now they're 20th right now. They're not, and they're not taking a ton either, which is, has kind of been a trend over the past couple of years. They've, they really, you know, since acquiring a few of these pieces like your Gasols and your Aldridges, they have, and it's an interesting strategy, right? Because like they're, they're having to sort of factor in the Golden State Warriors and, yeah, you know, maybe they've taken this thought process to, of like, okay, Golden State's going to shoot a lot of threes, and they're they're going to, uh, you know, be really fast paced. So we'll do the opposite, and because at least we're we're not going to get the the kind of talent the Golden State has. So maybe we take a different bit of strategy. What do you think of that, Nick? There, yeah, no, that's interesting. I can't remember. I don't think it was on this podcast. I, I, I somewhere I heard this. Um, but it it was like you look at this off season and how crazy it was and with every team you know trying to add a star trying to add a piece but it seems like every team is trying to emulate Golden State they're saying or we have to do something to stop Golden State like you know the Cavs got um, I'm blanking on his name uh, uh, Crowder they got Crowder to be a kind of Clay Thompson Kevin Durant stopper right um, the Spurs meanwhile are like we're just going to do what works for us. Like, instead well, the of us Spurs, playing, the Spurs were the golden state warriors. I yeah. Mean, they I was going to say the warriors, did, the warriors took from the Spurs. They really, perfected you get down to it. Yeah. And, and so now the Spurs are having to completely adjust and, and try to do something a little bit different in order, well, because at least look, at least if they're going to lose, I, I think this is a great, this is how I would approach it. Look, if you're, if you're way better at me than the thing that I used to do, Okay, yeah. I may lose to you, but I'm going to at least try to do something completely different in order to figure it out and, and I'll lose valiantly uh, instead of trying to like c- trying to copy you and and try Let's to be pop. better. I mean, yeah. good right. coaches are going to take their personnel and, you know, their system and figure out the best way to win. I mean, I, he, that's what he's going to do. So the key to stopping yeah. San Antonio is stopping LaMarcus Aldridge because he, he accounts right. for 27% of their usage, uh, and uh, he's he's playing uh, playing okay. He's playing certainly better than he did last season. Apparently there was some off-season meetings where, where Greg Popovich oh, yeah. and LaMarcus Aldridge sort of came to an understanding about who Aldridge is, uh, and it's not a post player. It's it's someone that loves to get to his mid range shot, and they're sort of letting him be him. Also, Rudy Gay, big acquisition for San Antonio, playing a, a lot better basketball as well, a lot more efficient basketball, and and he's a he's a guy that loves to get to his mid range shot as well. Uh, so they do have weapons. They are still a dangerous team. They were competing with Golden State last night, right up until the very end when Golden State made a run. So uh, yeah, this is a team you definitely have to take seriously, but at the same time. They are near bottom in the league at defending the pick-and-roll ball handler situations, which earlier in the show I said is something that the Hornets have on lock right now with Kimball Walker at the helm. So expect a lot of Kimball Walker in this one. Expect a lot of LaMarcus Aldridge in this one. And it should be a fun matchup tonight in San Antonio. Yeah, and if I'm the Hornets, I'm throwing 
anybody I can at LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, not anybody, but any, any, anybody named you know, Marvin human Williams being Marvin Cody, you know, if Johnny O gets in there, I wouldn't be shocked. I just think you take what you can because he's been playing really well. Uh, Doug, I don't know if you heard what I said, cause you repeated exactly what I said in your summary, but, um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We're an old married couple. Do you even listen? Do you even listen when I talk anymore? I um, <laughs> Repetition. I tell you, it's, I'm just no, Kimba no. Walker. Repetition. It's all good. The mother of master. It's all good. Uh, but yeah, so so I think he's he's almost going to get his. It's a little bit like Giannis the other night. He's been all they've got up to this point. And again, I think it goes back to the Hornets do what they've been doing lately. If they play like they've yeah. been playing, I think they should be relatively fine in this game. San Antonio has been a house of horrors for the Hornets though, over recent years. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the, the lost streak, Doug, that's daunting going in there after a, was it, that was a national TV, yeah, national TV yeah. loss last night. So, I mean, they're going to be ready to go regardless of what happened. And Dublin 15, bringing up a great point in the chat, Nick might see a lot of Dwight Howard and Cody Zeller paired up tonight to, to fend off that attack by Pau Gasol and LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, definitely. Um, Av, you know, I, I, Dwight will probably won't guard Lamarcus, but um, you know, one thing that has been interesting is Dwight's ability to kind of get other opposing centers in foul trouble. So it'd be nice if maybe you know Lamarcus tried to help on a Dwight Howard post mm-hmm. up and mm-hmm. picked up a couple fouls there. But um, no, uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, Doug, your kind of uh, your 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 repetition reminded me of uh, you know when I'm teaching when I'm teaching and and a student makes a point, we and we move on, and then another student will raise their hand and <laughs> and say the exact same thing. And there's this kind of awkward silence, and everyone kind of looks around like, yeah, okay. It's called reinforcing. <laughs> it's not. Re- I didn't repeat what he said. I reinforced it with statistical analysis. <laughs> That's enough. Hey, the last thing though. If I'm the Hornets, I'm pushing this ball whenever I can tonight. They did play last night. They played the Warriors. We talked about the pace a little bit. I just think that suits the Hornets a little bit better right now than it does the San Antonio Spurs. I just had a a vision that freaked me out of Frank trying to guard LaMarcus. I don't want to see too much of that tonight. But everyone else, I'm throwing at him and seeing what sticks. All right, catch it at 8.30, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnHornets. We will be live tweeting this game. Uh, It's been a fun week here on Locked On Hornets, and we appreciate you listening and watching. And welcome uh, new to the chat, Jack. Thanks, Matthew. Double M15. A couple of Davids in here. Uh, Thank you so much for uh, live chatting with us here on YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. Thanks to our newest sponsor, Night Residential Group. Visit their website, nightresidentialgroup.com. And we will be back next week with much more analysis of your Charlotte Hornets for David and Nick and the entire crew here at Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug saying, go Hornets, go America, beat the Spurs. Let's swarm Charlotte.